Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's a question that if you ask 100 Lakers fans, you might get 100 different answers. Is Russell Westbrook playing well this year? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never behind a paywall. And Locked on Lakers on YouTube, Andy, uh, is where you go to see the show. It's where you go to engage with other Lakers fans. Uh, they are now 10,000 strong. Thank you. Thank you guys for uh, pushing us over that into five figures uh, and for the nice notes um, about passing 10,000. That was really, we really appreciate it. So, um, uh, it, it is a, a great channel, and we're excited about the the growth in it, in part because uh, it gives us great um, content ideas like the show that we're doing today, um, which really is sort of built out of social media conversations that we've been having over the last couple of days. And Andy, it's such a simple question. So simple. Is Russell Westbrook playing well this year? It's a question that is so simple that when we put it out on Twitter at Cam Brothers, um, asking the Locked On Lakers audience and our audience across the Twitter sphere, it elicited these numbers from the responses, yes, no, or both. Nearly 46% say yes, 17% say no, 37% say both. Uh, you are offered the ability to explain, the opportunity to explain in the Twitter thread. And we're going to break down, Brian, a bunch of different, I think, contexts and numbers and all these different things that explain why this is such a complicated question to answer, in part because Russell Westbrook is, throughout his career and specifically with the Lakers, an incredibly polarizing player. Mm-hmm. But that polarization, I think, is just it's perfectly apropos that as of this recording per NBA.com's metrics, Russ's net rating on the season, a perfect zero. I was I was actually hoping I was hoping you wouldn't spoil that so early in the show because it is no, I love absolutely. it as a table setter, though. I love uh, it. It is. No, you're right. It works as a, but it is it is the perfect stat to to look at this every number every metric there's this there's that whatever and like one of them people like to look at is net rating and you're trying to figure out which side of the ledger he's on and the 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 perfection mm -hmm. of him being 0. 0.0 is just it is phenomenal yeah, because there Although, are numbers all over the place baby yeah, and if uh, but I will say if you dig a little deeper into this, and we obviously will, um, that will this this will be something. It's a, it's an even the net rating numbers, obviously one with a little bit of nuance. But I do think you, what you're talking about and why this question is so interesting and why um, it is so polarizing for Lakers fans in part is first because it matters. The answer to the question is important in a lot of ways because people feel like the answer is the reason Westbrook is perhaps still here. If you're somebody who doesn't think he's playing that well, 
Um, you think the Lakers maybe are being overprotective of him and somehow overvaluing him. Um, and uh, and that is the reason they haven't been making trades or they're just afraid to or whatever it might be. Um, you hear the six man of the year chatter and wonder what the hell games are people watching. But I also think like that it, it reminds me a little bit of Kobe in the sense that in a lot of ways, your opinion of Westbrook was like an avatar or is an avatar for what you believe about basketball and like what's important and how it should be played and what you value in the same way that analytics people would sometimes look at Kobe or look at his efficiency or look how many shots he took or whatever and and knock out knock on him because he was an avatar for what you think the game should be and now that russ is still playing exactly the same way as he always has but is i think we can all agree not worth 47 million dollars he has been an awkward fit and he represents one of the worst most disastrous trades in modern nba history the amount of stuff that gets attached to him is even more to separate out good versus bad play. Well, but but what should be remembered in all that, though, it, as we examine this, this whole question and all the different elements of it is the contract, which, as you said, is bloated for both his production and his role, uh -huh. and it kneecapped you know, by virtue of his arrival and what got sent out. Uh, with Kuzma and uh, KCP and, you know, even Montrez Harrell, if for no other reason than he could have been used in a different trade. He almost was used in a different trade. Uh, Plus, as you like to point out, Andy, they gave Washington a pick to yes. get Russell Westbrook. Yes, I still, <laughs> I cannot emphasize this enough. When that news broke of the Westbrook deal, I had to reread it four or five different times because I found it impossible to believe that the Lakers actually gave up a pick to get Russ. I thought they were getting a pick. It, it stunned me. But like the what all those different ramifications of Russell Westbrook's contract and his presence, mm -hmm. they matter, but they're also not his fault. And they definitely, though, don't have anything to do with his actual play. Like, the play is the play. And at some point, all of those things that we talked about, they're baked into just Russell Westbrook being on his team. Like, he's never going to play well enough to justify a $47 million contract because, honestly, few players in the league play well enough to justify a $47 million contract. Like, there are other guys around the league making Russ equivalent money who frankly don't really live up to their contract either. They may live up to their contract in the sense that they play starters minutes where they are in the pecking order, all that stuff. But in reality, they're not really living up to their end of it either. There are a few players in the league worth 40 to $50 million, but the play is still his right. play. And it's and, also not his fault to that point that, that the Lakers made a terrible trade to acquire right, him. Right. That is also separate from the question of whether or not Russell Westbrook is playing well. 
Um, like there should be hard questions asked by this front office and by Jeannie Buss that I'm not 100% confident ever will be about the Russell Westbrook experience and what, if anything, have we learned from it other than go get a better star? <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm not confident that they've learned a hell of a lot more. Oh, that, I'm that fairly sure that. nobody has learned anything from this right. entire experience. But again, in evaluating this question of is Russell Westbrook playing well for the Lakers, which we will dive into more as the show goes along, I really do think it is important to establish off the bat that you have to find some type of compartmentalization with what between what happens on the court and the money and the ramifications. Because otherwise, otherwise, it is damn near impossible for us to be playing well through that prism, even if he is. And and to to that, there's one other. Those two things work against Westbrook when you talk about this question. There is one thing that works for him, and it's what a, a former president once referred to as the soft bigotry of low expectations. Last year was such a disaster on every level that anything that isn't that can look to people like something that's good. But that's not necessarily true either. You know, it's nice that it's not a total disaster. I've, it, it, I, similarly, are, are you, you're you're psyched up about the Anthony Davis health news? It's like, well, I mean, I'm pleased that it's not the worst case scenario because I've sort of been conditioned to to expect it when it when it comes to AD and his health. Um, I think fans, many fans, were um, most fans. I would even say, actually, honestly, we were probably two of the most optimistic people in the Lakers commentary sphere only in the sense that we at least held open the option that it might work out better than it did last year. We are like, it's not impossible. Like there's a chance it could happen. And we were right about that. But I think pe most people were so firmly expecting it to be as bad as, or if not worse than it was last year, that anything that isn't disaster suddenly seems great. So, all right. The table has been set, Andy. And now let's eat off the table. I don't know what the right way to put that is, but uh, is Russell Westbrook playing well? That's next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try yourself a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know I could stand to lose uh, some of the damage that I did. Yeah. Uh, eat a little healthier. Yes, you could. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat, but it's like, I don't want to eat stuff that tastes bad. It's not that important to me, but here's the thing. You can just eat built bars and then healthy becomes tasty. It's perfect for the new year's resolution. And as always the built bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate, great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. They taste like a candy bar, but only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. The protein's what you want, and you don't even have to wait around for a box anymore. For years, we've talked about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, and still a great option, but now you can get them at your local Walmart, in the pharmacy section. You don't even need a prescription. You can also get them at Sam's Club. Go by either spot, pick up a box with all sorts of different flavors, and enjoy Built Bars. So we, you mentioned like the, the commentary on 
the Lockdown Lakers YouTube page and on Twitter and just the the, the opinions being all over. Here's a good example. Uh, Akin, Akin, I am going to butcher your name. I am sorry. Uh, Akinyele um, uh, Umoja says, uh, Russ is playing great and better than expected last year, which is, was a disaster this year. He makes his team better. I believe he creates opportunities for Bryant and Gabriel in particular. Coming off the brink bench, he brings energy that helps the second unit, doesn't turn the ball over as much, and has made some critical defensive plays. Uh, Excluso Bag LLC responds, by the way, nice way to get yourself, I guess, a product shout out for your business. Uh, hey, I'm a Russ fan, but my boy had been playing like a shell of himself. The veteran minimum players are scoring and helping the team most games more than him, and this is not the Russ I know or we need. I wish you could kick the attitude and learn how to be a championship point guard. Uh, and it's this kind of thing, you know. I think he's playing well. Uh, you still have those Russ. What did you do? Why did you do that? Moments, but it appears he understands his role. That from uh, uh, Big Timer thirteen oh three. So it's like that kind of stuff. It's all over the place, Andy. Yeah, I mean, if you start taking a look at his numbers, you know, like whether you're talking about counting stats or the net ratings, like. Russ over the course of this season is absolutely trending in the right direction. His splits, for the most part, are moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then specifically, LeBron and Russ together, which has been you know a big time, understandably, point of contention for the Lakers this season. They're in their awkward fit, and it's still never going to be perfect. But they are now at a 6.5 net overall. For the season, 29 games, 484 minutes, which doesn't sound necessarily incredible, except going off the rest of the, the last 15 games, 27.6, last 10 games, 24.7, last five games, 55.9, which puts in perspective just how bad it was for a lot of the season that you can have numbers that gaudy and still be in single digits. Like it is indicative of Russ playing better over the course of the season, Russ and LeBron playing better over the course of the season. And if you compare Russ against bench players across the league who are have played a comparable number of games off the bench as Russ, he's fifth in the league in points per game, seventh in, in the league for rebounds, and the only non-big in the top 10. He's first in assists. He's also, though, first in turnovers. Although, let me tell you, Jordan Poole, he definitely he's trying. Sand. Jordan Poole oh, he is, is trying. trying hard. Among bench players, he who have played as many games as Russ off the bench, only Chetty Osman has a higher offensive rating on the season. Last 15 games, Russ has the best net rating of any bench player who's played as many games off the bench as him. That said, his true shooting percentage, as somebody pointed out in the Twitter thread, I apologize for not knowing him off the top of my head. Third, I believe it's third worst in the league. Uh, oh, here it is. Waleed Chowdhury, third lowest true uh, true shooting percentage in the league, and he's leading the league in turnovers for a, per 100 possessions. Russ's turnovers are the one thing that have gotten worse over the course of the season, as I'm sure fans have noticed. So again, it makes it so there's no easy answer for this. And I think, like, when I... When I consider this, because like his raw numbers, his shooting is down, you know, now that Russell Westbrook's ever been known as a great shooter, 
Um, but his efficiency to whatever degree he ever was is way down. He is, you know, that true shooting percentage, uh, 49%. His career average is 52 and a half. So like, you know, he is well below where he was last year. Um, as you know, in terms of that level, that type of efficiency, um, you, you mentioned the turnovers, which can be incredibly frustrating because they are, uh, as you like to say, they are loud. Nothing Westbrook does is subtle as you know, the comment we read just said, it's like in the same sequence, it's like, that was awesome. Whoa. With WTF. But I think that what you what the way you did it and you broke it down was important because you compared him to bench players. And it's really important when I consider this question of is Westbrook playing well for the Lakers this year? By the way, I'm I am at a broadly yes. It's not perfect, it's not, but that's the standard that I'm comparing him to. Because like we talked about it in the first segment, all the other stuff, $47 million, terrible trade, anchor on the Lakers. I do not know how they're going to get themselves out of this mess. I certainly don't trust the people who got them into it to fix it. Frankly, I'm not even sure. We'll get into this. I'm not even sure the options are there for a brilliant front office, much less this one. This summer, whether it's whether it is this uh, you know, this trade season or in the off season i agree with you i don't i know. just mean specifically though the russ conundrum yes absolutely I, I i don't think there's there's not an easy out here and the lakers are to say the least prone to some magical thinking which is part of the reason that we're in this mess but you have to when you compare him to bench players and the things he's being asked to do I think he's playing well. It's, you know, he is asked to come in and push pace, for example, for the Lakers. Give them energy. We've seen a lot of games where the Lakers are a little stagnant at the beginning and Russ, for better or for worse, turnovers included, ugly shots, whatever, picks up the energy, picks up the pace at which the Lakers play. They are better when they play fast. Um, of all the players with meaningful minutes on the team, he has the highest pace rating on the uh, you know, highest has the highest uh, rating for pace. So all of that stuff matters. The impact on the team matters. Um, and the other thing I think that's important here is when you say is he playing well, it's like compared to the alternative. Like if he wasn't on the team, if, he, if the Lakers had just sent him home at the beginning, would it be Dennis Schroeder playing this role? Would it be Kendrick Nunn playing this role? I mean, relative to what? And well, that, so that's that is why you and I kept insisting in this offseason because we heard from a lot of fans, also a lot of people that you know in media with us that cover the team, the idea of just preemptively sending Russell Westbrook home because they expected him to just be an attitudinal disaster. He there's no way he'll accept the bench role like all and just it's a it's addition by subtraction and we both kept contending no this team is not talented enough to be able to exist like he's still in the upper third of talent on this team uh -huh. easily and you know full disclosure i agree with you broadly i do think he is playing well not as well as he needs to be and certainly not as well right. as they want there's him to be there's certainly room for improvement but if my choices are is he playing well? Yes. Or is he playing well? No. 
I'm going to, I mean, that's why I put both on the Twitter poll, honestly, right. because I feel like it, it, it gives the best of, possible answer Right, because <laughs> the real answer is both. Both. And, and also too, I was hoping it would really create some responses and it helps. Um, and it did, like, you know, if you go to the Twitter feed, I can brothers and, and look at the poll, it's there. Um, if you make me choose one or the other, I think the answer is, yeah, they're, He's certainly, it is hard to make a statistical argument that specifically since the team started playing better, uh, which, you know, the first few games of the season, first three games of the season, Russ started, and then, you you know, there's that adjustment to playing on the bench and all this other stuff. You know, last 15, 20 games, things like net rating, it's hard to make an argument he's having a negative effect on the team, especially compared to what the other options are for if them. If you look at just about – I've looked at metrics from Cleaning the Glass, NBA.com, Basketball Reference, going to all these different ones beyond just the eye test and you and I having seen every single minute of every single game this season, just because they don't do all the calculations the same. So I'm just trying to get a consensus for this question because, as we said, it's – both fascinating and complicated, by pretty much every metric, the offense on balance benefits from him being out there. The mm -hmm. defense, not no. as much, but I think on balance, he is helping the offense more than he's hurting the defense. Ergo, on balance, he is helping the team just not as much as he needs to and maybe not as much as the alternative of depth with role players who right and never really, and never to the point that you would say this was a good idea. A couple more comments before money we well go to spent. The, <laughs> yeah, before we go to the break, this from uh, Logan Ebby uh, on Twitter. Relative to his contract, he's not playing well. Relative to his role, he is asked to play. He is playing well. Is Russ a good playmaking six man? Yes. Is there a combination of different NBA role players that make forty-seven million dollars would be better than having Russ? Yes, I think that's a really good way of putting it. At yeah. Dan Dodger D says, it's tough. He's basically having a repeat of last year, but since he's off the bench, it looks better. This is true, by the way. Context matters. But also, you're paying him $47 million, which is way too much for his production level. So by uh, definition, he's underplaying his contract. Um, uh, at Dangle, Danglevid? I don't know. Uh, on Twitter, yes, he's being productive in his healthy offense. He's been a good role player. No, he's overpaid and doesn't play D 90% of the time, also turns it over, also can't play late in games. That last part of it, I don't love Westbrook late in games either, but most sixth men don't play. Most bench players don't play. That's you know yeah. late in games. And so it's, I'm not sure that's relevant to the conversation in terms of is he playing well, is he not, based on the, the role. The exception, playing. the exception to that were, you know, the Lamar Odoms of the world, the Manu Ginobili's of the world, like the guys who played off the bench because from a lineup composition standpoint, that was the best mm -hmm. option. But they were going, they are one of the best players on your team. And in a, you know, in a normal world would be a starter. But guys like Elo and Ginobili for the benefit of the team came off the bench, but they were guys you wanted out there in crunch time. Like, they were always going to be there. That's the difference. Um, all right. Let's uh, – a couple more trade predictions that are Westbrook-related. So that's coming up next.
As a small business owner, hiring managers, success in 2023 all depends on team members. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by using targeting tools to match open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn goes beyond resume data using insights from your job post or company and their 875 million member profiles to land the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants all on one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You want to set a tone for your 2023 fiscal success right now, right from the jump, which makes this a critical time. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on MBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, this from Kay, uh, Kyle Downey. This is our friend Kyle Downey. Um, yeah. Uh, on, on the YouTube page as opposed to the Twitter page because he responded there too. Uh, I think Russ is playing solidly, not well. He plays well, then has bad mistakes and bad games. To me, it's foolish not to try to trade him. Uh, picks, Beverly, none for good players this year and next. Uh, we need to build continuity uh, because 30, 30 million referencing what they have in the offseason, give or take, isn't enough for a roster rebuild. Um, and that leads me to two of my prediction questions I want to ask you, Andy. The first one, snap prediction. Will the Lakers make a trade heading into the deadline? Yes. Will that trade be Russell Westbrook? No. Mm -hmm. Agree with you. I think they're going to feel enough heat that they're going to do something. You know, I, I I hope it's not something that's just completely perfunctory, just purely performative. Um, you know, that particularly if it costs one of those first rounders. Yeah, I mean, especially if it costs one of the first rounders. This is my totally unsourced, I'm gonna call my shot based off nothing prediction trade. Kendrick Nunn and Lonnie Walker and a second to San Antonio for Josh Richardson. That returning Walker Lonnie back to San Antonio, which, if nothing else, can be a real test. Uh, it allows the Lakers to, you know, flex their muscles a little bit with clutch, which it seems like they're always looking for opportunities to do. I think that they're I think they're gonna want Patrick Beverly for the playoffs, mm -hmm. like him being, you know, his experience, you know, the attitudinally. I think they're gonna want him there. And we talked about this on Brian on Wednesday's show. The way they've been playing lately, I don't think Lonnie Walker is going to keep his starting job. It's an yeah, it's a really interesting thing when, the way when, his season has evolved. Maybe he'll get, maybe he will get it if he's back before AD is back. But once AD is back, I think there is a good chance that Thomas Bryant and AD are going to start together. With Darvin LeBron. Ham actually discussed that at practice on right. Wednesday and said uh, he was asked about whether or not uh, Bryant would continue to start. And uh, Darvin certainly sounded uh, like that was a strong possibility. And if you have Bryant, LeBron, and AD, that makes it easier to get away with the really small backcourt of Schroeder and Beverly, which mm -hmm. Ham really likes. That that becomes easier. So I'm not saying that makes Lonnie Walker expendable. Frankly, I mean, again, this is just me guessing i'm not i'm not basing this off any conversations i've had with anybody but it could it could possibly make except Ronnie walker exactly so <laughs> we shall see 
Yeah, and a, a quick update on Patrick Beverly. He um, the hip is okay. The hip that cost him the second half of uh, Monday night's loss in Denver is fine, uh, but he is currently sick, <laughs> like everybody else seems has been all season long for the Lakers. Uh, sick, uh, and uh, I guess what I think he's questionable. Listed as questionable for yeah, the non-COVID game. sick, non-COVID sick, questionable for tonight's game. So. Um, that trade question, Andy, is another thing that um, really frames this discussion. The idea that the Lakers, in theory, could have moved off the Westbrook deal. Well, do you um, agree with me, by the way, about Russ? That they won't trade? Oh, yeah. No, this is my bold prediction at the beginning of the season. I've been, I have not thought they were going to move off that deal for months i would have been surprised I would, had they made the indiana deal before the beginning of the season it would have surprised me um we've been saying this to a lot of people <laughs> i i have long thought that, that russell westbrook would finish this season as a laker and i continue to think that because i just don't think there's a deal out there that is going to make sense enough for the lakers to move him the the window for that has passed i don't and i Seems to have. You never know what Seems can happen between it now is and currently. Month. I don't think it's open because the big part of that was the Indiana deal, and the Pacers aren't going to do that deal now. There's just no incentive, but they get two first round picks. They're not going to tear up a, a team that's currently, you know, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think to do that, I, you know, not to get Russell Westbrook. Um, maybe, maybe they lose some games. Maybe things go sour with Miles Turner. It's not over yet. There's still some time between now and February. Currently, I would be very surprised if they make that deal. They're not obligated to trade Miles Turner, even if he won't come to terms on an extension to the Lakers. Correct. You can trade him somewhere else. Correct. Um, so, you know, this chatter that you hear about the Lakers are reluctant to trade Russ, the Lakers don't want it. I think a lot of people hear that as the Lakers are overvaluing Russell Westbrook's play. The Lakers look at the triple doubles. They see the 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 raw counting stats. And like a lot of this is all like I said at the beginning of the show, you use Westbrook as kind of a, a an avatar for your view of basketball. And there are a lot of people who think that the media, that legacy media, that the ESPN broadcasters, all these people get sucked into this triple double stuff and look at all the and that isn't necessarily a great quantification of value and the worry i think that lakers fans have is like that's what the lakers are looking at they don't want to trade westbrook i think I mean, the reportedly Jeannie bus was very much against the idea of trading russ and mm -hmm. you know she liked that he was willing to accept this role we know that she places a real premium on superstars and russell westbrook is and loyalty and loyalty and superstars and, and russ may not play like a superstar anymore, but he is, in terms of career legacy and profile, absolutely still one. And I think the Lakers feel like they need to treat him like one as part of their sort of ethos of how we how we take care of our stars and how we take care of our players and all that. But I honestly do think that the reason that you hear so much of this is because the Lakers know they can't trade him right now. And if you say... Otherwise, like, you know, 
we really would, you know, if you, if you float that out there, we really would like to move off the contract still. We would love to improve. We'd love to trade Westbrook if he can. And you actually have no ability to do it. All you're doing is taking this guy who, whether you think he's playing well or not, has clearly accepted a role and bought into what the team is asking him to do. As much as Westbrook is going to change anything about how he plays. Um, you know, the, the starting versus not starting, sitting some fourth quarters, and all that, that is a big adjustment if you're Russell Westbrook. All you're going to do is take that guy who has done all of these things and tick him off and undercut any progress that you've been making. So the, the Lakers have no alternative but to make it seem like they don't really want to trade Russ right now. I don't, I just, if Heald and Turner is no longer an option, you know, I, there's always the concept of some superstar player being disgruntled, all of a sudden available. Granted, a lot of these players that have brought up Bradley Beal, uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, I, I don't love the, I, I mean, the way I think about this is with these players, are you comfortable with them? on this team longer than LeBron and AD. That's the way I think you have to think about this. Obviously, you could eventually put different stars around them. That is certainly possible. It's all always going to be what the Lakers look to do. But I think if, if you think about the Levines and the Beals, <coughs> Rosen at his age of the world, you have to think about it through that prism. Are you comfortable with those whoever this guy is, this superstar, are you comfortable with him on the roster past LeBron and AD? And my answer for all three of them is no, mm -hmm. not. I am, I am, I am no. I mean, just hard pass on Bradley Beal, somewhat more open minded about DeRozan and Zach Levine, but, um, yeah, but it's Nikola, it's Vucevic that gets thrown. There's a lot. There's nothing out there that I mean, I've has seen any like, kind of legs. That yeah, I, I mean, there's that the I, Bogdanovich question. Like I've seen, like uh, I think it was on Bleacher Report, somebody had suggested the idea of Bogdanovich and Burks. You know, which gets the money closer to for the two Russell first or for one or two for, first. I think it was like a first, a second. Russ, Max Christie might have been thrown in there or something like like. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, and this is another thing for another show, but I, it's really easy to devalue, to overvalue these picks. And then also, too, like, I, I think there is some sense that the Lakers, you know, of this perception the Lakers can get more than they really can for these two first rounders. But then the, the flip side of that is if you break them up, if you go for like sort of the half measure for Boyan Bogdanovich or something like that, and you give up one first round unprotected, whatever it might be, now you have one first round pick left. And that's that's not easy to package in something to bring back impactful players. I mean, it goes back to the, the, the polarization issue as we quit here. Westbrook represents the enormous structural challenges <laughs> that the Lakers have, but it is not his fault that he is on this team. Somebody should have said no. Last snap prediction, Andy, that we haven't gotten to. Do the Lakers make the playoffs? Yes. That was my prediction heading into the season was the Lakers will make the playoffs. I said that they will make, make it outright, not play in, All right. and that they will go one round before getting eliminated. I am going to write out that prediction because right now it's actually feasible. So I'm going to say they make it as a six seed.
Two games behind the Clippers for the sixth seed in the West. I think they will get into the play-in as a, I'm going to say eight. Okay. I was going to say nine, but I'm but bumping then they, it up because I'm but feeling they make saucy right now. But then they make the playoffs, correct? Sure. Why not? Okay. Um, all right. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to see the show, leave comments, be part of it. Shows like this really work so much better when we can when we can look at the responses that we're getting to questions like this. Um, and uh, and you are welcome, Lakers Nation, for uh, Andy and uh, me definitively, Andy and I definitively uh, answering this question for you. Now everybody knows that Russell Westbrook is playing well in context. Or not. Or not. <laughs> also in context. <laughs> See everyone Friday. <laughs>